0: Listening to ABQ Central.
1: Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair. To be fair. With your host Van Nunley. <laughs> All right, this is going to be so good. And Fred Slow. I
2: am the
3: cream of the crop. Ninety-five point
4: nine FM, six ten the Sports Animal and TalkABQ.com.
5: Turn it up! Turn it up!
4: It's Wednesday. You know what that means?
1: September 1st.
4: Hey, and it came in with a blast, right? I'm not one who, like, talks weather because that's lazy. This is like a good fall transition. I, of course, am going to be hanging out with you for the next three hours. I am Fred Slow. When I hang, I also bang. So I brought Van Nunley. Hanging and banging. Van Nunley, how are you? Oh, just peachy as can be, brother. How you doing? Feeling good. I look pretty good, which I'm happy about. Got the beard tight. As you mentioned, it is September 1st. Yeah. Time br- bring out the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Dye that hair, girls. Burnt umber all fall. So as you know,
3: today is the day we all say goodnight to Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong. And then we don't wake him up again until September ends. So...
4: The, two, the 2006 banger, American Idiot, put out by Green Day. That is correct. On the ones and twos, back from vacation, back in your ears, back in your cars, back in your hearts, Mike Vitale. Michael, welcome back.
1: Glad to have you. What a surprise. I didn't know my first day back. I'd have you guys looking forward to the show.
4: You thought it was a different show when you showed up today. you were you you're not accustomed to this.
1: And I saw you guys, I saw you come in, friend, I was like, all right, they're yeah. back. Because I see you on the weekends and do the show then.
4: The culture here at the studio is that since we've been doing afternoons regularly, as we walk in, it's, it's like double high five down the players' tunnel. There's a lot of just like positive energy that surrounds it. Changing the culture, really. I agree completely. You know, we wear white guy clothes every day, and nine to fivers over here. Yeah. My day in not start at four. I got kind of ridiculous socks on right now. Same.
1: But Van looks dapper, and so do you, Fred. Oh, that's kind.
4: Oh, Michael, I know you need to step away for a second for midweek business stuff. You feel free to do that. We will write this ship without you. We're taking text all day because we need them. We need your questions. We need the thing you want to know. And here's the thing: we're not going to censor you. You test us. You text us. Well, that we're going to censor a little. Well, I mean, I'm not going to censor like concepts. Well, of course. Yeah, F- specifics, yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I can't say, like, an F word. I had a, there was a training on that yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We can't do that anymore.
4: No, you cannot. Yeah, there's, like, keep it green, obviously. But we're asking for your text because we want to just have a plethora of questions for one Danny Gonzalez. He, if you're not familiar, he's the head coach of the UNM football team. Coach G, baby. Coach G is joining us at 530 live on the Kwan's Auto Care Hotline. We'll talk about the big game tomorrow, how excited he is, and how excited Lobo and Lobo fans should
3: be. I agree completely.
4: We're also reaching out to my close personal, one of my best friends in media, Taryn Gregson. Uh, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, right outside St. Louis, Missouri, in a little suburb called Wood River, Wood River, Illinois. Growing up about 20 small miles from there, my friend Taryn Gregson, we went to these school. Both these schools had a combined van, I tell you what, like 1,500 people. Like two schools, maybe 700 people apiece. Taryn now works for the PGA tour. Taryn hosts um, and she reports for the PGA Tour. So she does a lot of digital media content. She's on TV all the time. she's a world of talent, and I am currently obsessed with, the, with just the beef that is professional golf. I love that every American golfer hates each other.
3: Give me all the Kepka and Bryson beef you got. I want it. I love it.:
4: Yes. 9021 top golf.
3: Use Biggie and Tupac as a cautionary tale, Bryson. So you're going to want to stop right before it escalates that far.
4: Always stop right before it escalates that far. Yeah. The NMDOT text line is 505 246 You text your boys. We're looking specifically for questions for Coach Gonzalez at 530. Sweet. Joining us then at 6.15, Jared Elmore. He'll be joining us. He plays wide out for the Duke City Gladiators. If you're not familiar, he caught that. Um, what what phrasing do you want to use to describe that touchdown reception this past week against the hated Iowa barstormer
3: I was thinking about it a lot, and I don't think this has ever been used before. Okay. I think it should
4: be called the Immaculate Reception. I think that's new. Is it? Yeah, I haven't heard that. Good. I'm going to Google it, see if anything comes up. Yeah, nothing came up. No. So he had the Immaculate Reception. Poined by
3: Van just now. Just now. Hashtag immaculate reception. Never been used before. Yeah,
4: it was. So the play they run, I don't. I think I saw in the playbook. It was also original. The annexation of Puerto Rico.
3: Oh, that's, that's the, the B side. Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: So as one Delo Davis took a handoff from one Nate Davis and threw a run pass option to one Jared Elmore, the good guys came out ahead triumphant over the hated Iowan Barstormers last week, where they will then this Sunday correct this sunday face off against the arizona rattlers which is the best team there's no other way to describe that until until well, they get beat duke city gladiators are the best team yeah
3: the arizona rattlers just so happen to have the best record
4: i love that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i remember having that same sentiment as my mom was explaining to me my stepdad oh yeah Yeah, and it was like he's he's not your dad but he's he's the best dad you have right now so it's that made sense for me as a youth correct 505-246-0610, Kwan's Auto Care Hotline. It's already lighting up. This is what happens when Mike Vital comes back from vacation. He gets the calls. He spends the entire show on them.
3: Yeah. They're, it's not even going to be a call for us. No. They're just calling in to say hello and yeah. welcome back. Hey,
4: Mike, how are you? How was your I, time off? Yeah. Did you enjoy Ted Lasso? I know you binged it. Yeah. So he, he will be catching up with Listener, which we're very excited about.
3: I can't wait to talk about The Wire. Every commercial break with Vital because he he got almost all the way
4: through the wire. Michael, you watched The Wire? On vacation. Yeah,
1: I got hooked on it just hearing, you know, from your uh, buddy there, Van. And so I thought, okay, for vacation, I'm going to plug it in, plug into it. And it was really good. Ted Lasso, and I like that. Dang. That's a surprise for me. But uh, The Wire is raw, and I like it.
4: A Man of culture. a
1: Man of culture. I'm trying.
3: Ted Lasso is the best thing on television right now. I've never heard of it. If you're a sports guy.
1: It's Dude, your, it's your show. So,
3: come on. Hey, I, I've been telling Fred for two years to get on the Ted Lasso. Train. For two years. I guess it hasn't been on for two years. But I've been telling Fred for quite some time, Ted Lasso's that jam.
4: So we got a good banger of a program. I'm very excited tomorrow, and I won't talk about it at this point, but I'm very excited tomorrow for the uh, home opener for UNM. I'm very excited to see the energy there. I'm putting the over-under at 20000 What are you putting it at?
3: Uh twelve five.
4: Twelve five. So you're going less than what I'm going.
3: Yeah, I'm handicapping it low because I'm a bet on the over.
4: Alright, and I'm taking I'm taking like the hard middle because I want to feel the butterflies in my stomach when they make the announcement. Isn't the capacity nineteen five? I believe the capacity is thirty five thousand. I'm not sure. <laughs> thirty nine,
1: I think. <laughs> Joining
4: the program. Tommy. Tommy, welcome to the show, friend. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing really great. Brycey.
6: Okay. <laughs> we day- I called a few days we might called a few days ago. And I really didn't know, didn't know what the extent of what was said until I really looked at some more video. And I thought it was something really bad and horrible. And you guys were talking about going over the line and that shouldn't be done. But really, Pricey? He's going over crazy over Pricey? Are he you went, serious? Dude, you're, you're so thin-skinned. It's unbelievable.
4: Yes. he oh. Paper thin. Like paper mache thin. yeah, Like tissue paper thin. Kevin Durant's his life my, coach.
6: Right. Go ahead, guys. I'm
4: sorry. No, we're agreeing with you. The, the absolute, as far as my pillows go, he's the softest one you can buy. Sure.
6: And, and the thing is, here's a theory, and some other people have brought this up. People thought that tennis players didn't take PED or steroids until one got a few years ago because it is a performance-enhancing drug, not just for muscles. Here's the theory. This guy, every time I see him play, he looks like he's two-tenths. He's always, like, wound up really, really tight. And he wasn't like that before he got big. I think this guy took some type of PDs or steroids to get big just because his attitude has changed from when before when he was skinnier. He was more laid back and stuff. And it's just an attitude. I see him and I watch him. I go, this guy is like he's on edge. He really is. And I want the over-under if this guy just goes off on his caddy sometime. You know, he just – Now I've heard this from other people. I want to get an opinion from you guys. Do you think that he possibly took, now look at his attitude, and look. He started all this stuff, number one, with Brooke, Brooks Kevka, He started it. He did it online. And it's like the old saying goes, if you don't, if you can't take it, don't dish it out.
4: Oh, it's like he's all talking. Okay. Ah.
6: What do you think? Do you think that, I'll, I'll, I'll get off the phone, great talk to you guys, but do you think there's a possibility he should be tested for steroids or for EDs?
3: Well, I think, think about it. Well, every athlete should not because I don't disagree that adults should be able to put anything in their bodies that they want to. But because of the example they set for the youth, that's where that's the only consideration I have there. But you briefly mentioned, you know, golfers and you briefly mentioned tennis players. So if Andre Agassi wasn't on performance enhancing drugs, what happened to all of his hair? Remember, he started off his career with
4: those beautiful locks and then boom, overnight, they just disappeared. I don't know why you always take shots at Hulk Hogan. But yeah, I agree completely with what you're saying. Like something happens. So I found an article here. I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I got it in front of me. So it says here during 2019, 2020, primarily during the COVID, that DeChambeau put on 50 pounds and primarily all of that muscle over that time. All right, I'll buy that. That's weird. I'll buy that. That's suspicious. I'll buy that. That's eyebrow raising can it be done absolutely he's a professional athlete with a professional athlete trainer professional athlete diet professional athlete regimen professional athlete look at me i can hit a ball 500 yards
3: yeah i mean just ask mark mcguire you know i i think that bryson is obviously just on creatine and andro and mark mcguire is also completely innocent so well
4: mark mcguire's thing was adderall
3: andro steen thank you yeah
4: (laughs) It does say here that uh he ballooned up to two hundred forty from about one hundred Because so, he was jealous of Brooks. That might be true. Yeah. It's a weird like rivalry. Cause my favorite rivalry in golf forever was Tin Cup. We'll we'll ask
3: Taryn Gregson oh, yes. the origin of this, but I think the beef started when, Where's when the beef? Bryson got more swole than Brooks. And he was like, just just pure jealousy, that's all this is is jealousy
4: We go to the y m c a every single day
3: yes okay i will I will let you lie and say we go every day yes we
4: go to the y m c a more days out of the week than we don't
3: If three and a half is the over under, we hit the under. I mean we hit the over almost every week. I agree, yes, with that
4: said, okay, when I see like a bro there, when I see like a king walking around and he's gone from like where he was to where he wanted to be. I'm only in celebration of that king. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There is zero jealousy involved. Because when you're at the Y, like you're there for a reason. Well, I mean, its I guess it could be multiple reasons, actually. But to feel better, look good, or or for, I guess, probably someone else. But, like, I'm in support of people. 100%. That reach their body goals. If I see a
3: dude add a bunch of muscle, my only question for him is, you a fist bump or a high five guy? Because I,
4: cool. I got one for you. I got one for you right now, buddy. I know we got a call, but we got to get a break. What do you want to do first, Vital? You want to do the call or the break? Go call. We're gonna go call. All right. Who's All right. on? Who's on line one? I didn't catch it. Mud. Okay. Now Mud, I know from listening to the morning show this morning, he's taking a hiatus from the calls. But if he's back on the phone, we're taking it every time. Welcome to the show, Mud. How are you? I'm
7: doing fine. How are you guys doing? Doing well, friend. Yeah, man. I was calling. Uh... Talk about the low game, but I want to welcome back myself from his vacation, man. Love that. Yeah. And uh also, man, uh I think the low, I think the fans are going to show up, man. Same. If it doesn't rain like it is now,
4: but uh I think that they'll have like 30,000, man. That's the over, because I put it down at 20. Yeah. I think there'll be 20,000. So you're saying 10,000 well, over.
7: I think it's going to be like 30, 30, 32,000
4: people. I know. I was talking mud. I was talking to Bill Blair earlier this week, who runs Yaffle. If you're not familiar with Yaffle, it's the youth organization of football here in town, and he said he believed that the Yaffle organization had upwards of 500 kids attending. How incredible is that? That is amazing. <laughs> that's, that's
7: incredible, man. But uh, but I, but, hey, I think I think it's going to probably be a sellout.
4: Strong possibility. I mean there, I haven't seen an excitement for Lobo football like this in my entire time here in Albuquerque in professional sports talk.
7: Right. I remember when uh I remember when Franchoni was a coach, man, they had about, about thirty thousand for the Aggie game uh that year. I think it was back in like ninety I wanna say ninety five, man, ninety four. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to next week's game. I know Vitale's an Aggie fan, but it's not going to happen this year, Vitale. i seen them against El Paso, and they didn't look good, man. But we'll see what happens, dude.
4: Mud, we're losing your phone, but this final thought before we cut you loose. The record attendance for Lobo Stadium is 44,760 in 2005 versus New Mexico State. So so it can be done. It can absolutely be done. Mud, thank you so yeah, very much.
7: All right. Thank you, man. You have a good one. Yeah, be good, brother.
4: Thanks, Mud. Appreciate him. Appreciate him taking the time. From, uh, we have lots of them rolling in on the NMDOT text line. Coach, uh, questions for Coach G, so we'll make sure we get all of those through. That will be exciting for us. Let's grab a break right now. Uh, what I want to do, obviously, is I want to talk about the NFL whenever we get back. So we'll do that. I got hot takes on cold subjects. You'll listen to ABQ Central, 95.9 FM. And AM six ten, the sports animal. ABQ Central ninety five 95.9. five nine, AM six ten, sports animal. Huh,
1: huh. where'd you get the football? I come back and there's a nice football. Oh my god, there. Yaffle Sick gave skin. this to us. Really?
4: So for the listener that's not watching because we don't have a live stream up, uh, Van and I met with Yaffle uh, a week ago. Sure. And they asked us to help them do some some programming stuff, and they wanted to talk about their state of the Apple, blah, 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 up and down. And with that said, they gave us this super cool football, which is now in the studio. So thank you so very much to them. And Vital only asked because, like, during the break, I'm just flipping it the whole time. Okay, Van. NFL talk. You ready? Hit me. Do you want to go cuts? Do you want to go best rosters? Do you want to go straight to Cam Newton? Do you want to go Urban Meyer? Do you want to go Bill Belichick? I got a lot of them. Well, let's do it all. All right. NFL cuts. I'm starting there. You're going to follow me. I'm in. The best player cut is Cam Newton. I'm not breaking news. Correct. Got it. Number one draft pick, MVP
3: of the league, was recently in a Super Bowl.
4: But in that Super Bowl, was beaten so bad That he never recovered mentally.
3: Well, I think it's more of a shoulder injury instead of an ability thing or a mental thing.
4: From all the reps he took in that NFL Play 60 commercial, throwing footballs to little kids, and that's why his shoulder went out?
3: I think that's a reach, but I don't know. Okay. I'm not Dr. James
4: Andrews, so could be. Nice. Thank you. So Cam Newton... Is, in your opinion, a top 32 quarterback on the face of this planet or a top 40 quarterback on the face of this planet? Well, I think he's both.
3: Oh, okay. He's definitely top 40 because I also have him in the top 32. All right, so Casey
4: him of you, but keep going.
3: He should have a starting job somewhere in the NFL. He should be given an opportunity to prove himself. He has the track record. He has the pedigree. He's two-year removed from a shoulder injury. I think he should get a shot somewhere. But he's. But now, it's a week before the
4: season starts, and he has a weak immune system. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. He only costs one million dollars. Hairs. I want to make sure that we're saying this: one million dollars hairs in 1. the 5. NFL. Five is okay. That might as well be a million. Still, still nothing. That is nothing. One to one point five is zero. That's like. That's like not even paying a guy.
3: That's barely above the. Uh, it's double the league minimum. I think I, I think it, leave, it's league minimums like 700 it's yeah, 750. Yeah.
4: And that's only for like veterans with 6 years of service. So really, you can get like unrestricted undrafted free agents for less than that.
3: Yeah. I think he would be open welcome with open arms no. on almost any roster uh-uh. if he would just get poked. Yes. Yeah. Cuz there's your thing. He's a great locker room guy. He's a big personality. He's a good teammate. I mean, his fashion sense should rub off on some of these linemen for sure.
4: On ABQ Central, if you listen to the program, we call you a friend of the show. Correct. You are a fott. You are a friend of the show. Fots and fotties. I'm talking right now to the fots. I had COVID-19. If you listen to the program on the weekends, you are aware I had COVID-19. I talk about it. If you are listening new on the weekday, welcome to this story real quick. I had COVID-19. After you get COVID-19... Your body is not the body you had previously. Look, you didn't just get COVID-19. You got it bad. I got it bad. You got it hospital bad. I got it a week in the hospital bad. I got it. Could not breathe. Organs failing. Lungs failing. A medical intervention is the thing that kept me alive. Without it, I would not be alive. That is accurate. There's no hyperbole here. When Cam Newton got COVID-19, his body went through the same thing that my body went through. His body does not work the way it used to work. Can you get it back, according to my pulmonary doctor? No. Your lungs are not going to come back, Fred. You are scarred forever, Fred. That's Camden's situation. He got no gas left in him. He didn't have any at the end of last year. He's not even good enough to pay $0 to to keep as a backup to your rookie quarterback, which, by the way, may end up being better than Matt Ryan. Won't end up being better than Tom Brady. He's such a liability, you can't keep him for $0. $1.5
3: $1.5 Well, that was a sweetheart deal last year. I mean, you got to think about it. He was released from the team that he's been on forever. Forever. Because they didn't want to pay him big bucks. Guess who else didn't want to pay him big bucks? Anyone. Every team in the league. Patriots gave him a shot. COVID hit. He didn't get a camp. Nope. He didn't get a preseason. Right. And... How much time do you have with the playbook? What what did he have, two months with the playbook, with no practice whatsoever? Mm -hmm. And then he goes out on the field with a jello offensive line. And arm. No skill receivers. Still recovering from shoulder surgery. He was put in a very bad situation. Oh, and guess what? He got COVID. And now you got your shiny new toy. The first first first-rounder that Bill Belichick's ever had. So you know he wants to play with his shiny new toy. And I think if Cam's attitude was different on getting the vaccine and becoming a teammate and for the greater good, hashtag greater good, whatever, he would be employed. And if he'd get poked, dozens of teams would employ him right now.
4: There is a new normal post-COVID-19, right? I would call right now the existence that we're living in the new normal. There is a new normal post-2018 Cam Newton. This is the new normal of Cam Newton. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm telling you it is.
3: His his lungs might be what they tell you. You're, you're 85% at best. That's is that what generous, but yeah, keep going. What they told you 85% of Cam Newton's still pretty good. If his, if his shoulder is right and he could throw the ball 40 and 50 yards on
4: target, he should have a job. What about when he goes out to dinner, get exposed to someone, and then he comes back to the team. And then he and four other guys have to quarantine, and they miss a game. And the NFL is not going to have a single forfeit this year. Don't be confused about that. But you're going to end up being the Denver Broncos last year playing with a wide receiver quarterback. I know. I lost that fantasy week. (laughs) If you have a guy who's really good, Cam Newton good, and you have a guy who's really good, Mac Jones good, and one of those guys is doing everything to prove to Coach Bill Belichick that he loves football, like, I don't know, get the vaccine. And one of those guys is not doing all the things, like, I don't know, not get the vaccine. And you got to pick one. That's not a hard choice for Coach Bill Belichick.
3: Look at the precedent that Tom Brady set a long time ago, Mm -hmm. doing it the Patriot way, Yeah, doing all the right things, saying all the right things, taking pay cuts so you could have better teammates creating a, a better atmosphere in the locker room, in the film room. Tom Brady signed up for the vaccine immediately. He encouraged all of his teammates to sign up immediately.
4: Tom, Tom Brady is the most talented team in the NFL right now, just like he did when he was with New England every single year.
3: But you got to be a team player, and you know that went into the decision. And <laughs> what was that? My towel off the air. <laughs> I missed that. Whatever that was in my ear, I'm sure it's correct. And he doesn't fit into the Patriots' way of playing football. Bill Belichick changed his playbook for Cam Newton last year. Mm -hmm. And granted, he had a weak offensive line, didn't have good skill position players. But you can't change the offense that you've ran for 13 years. Dink and dunk, move the ball, eat the clock, play smart defense, high completion percentage spread the ball around it, you that's don't, not cam newton's game no, he's run not. pass option jump over the that line is. of scrimmage at the goal line
4: all those alabama quarterbacks from the last three four five years all hashtag game managers they're all starting in the nfl right now yeah every single one of them jalen hurts he start the kid in miami he start they all start they, they're game managers hashtag
1: I also think Belichick waited to the last preseason game to see what he had in Mac Jones, and I think extending that and getting that final look last weekend, I think sewed him on what he wanted.
4: Joining us on the program, you said it's the mailman.
1: Is that what you said? The the mailman. He's one of the best callers. Oh my gosh!
4: Here we go. Welcome to the program, friend. How are you? Hello, sir. uh,
1: Welcome to Albuquerque. I know you
8: guys do the weekend show, but. Uh, I, I listen from time to time. And I, I usually don't call on the weekend. But I guess it's—I guess being that I've been here so long, I have to welcome you guys. Because I, I told Vital that we was going to freaking riot. How dare they take us back to the days of prohibition? We can't even get a drink in the afternoon no more.
3: What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> hey, but pour
8: anyway, one, Vitale. Pour one out. Guys, um... I wanted to say, Van, I heard you talking about the COVID vaccine, and I 100% agree, and I believe, really, that is why Cam got cut. Now, let me tell you this. You said you had COVID. Yes, sir. Let me be the first one to tell you that I had COVID also. Oh, wait. But I had the shot. So I wasn't as bad as you. So I was down... For a week, fighting it, you know, of course I had to be out for my job. Right. But my symptoms were not as bad, and I didn't have to get hospitalized. But I did have, I am a high-risk patient, so I did have to get an infusion, the uh antibody infusion.
4: The convalescent plasma, yes, I got it myself.
8: Yeah, so I had, so I had to get that, and so... I am glad I had the shot because I do not, I can't even imagine what it was like trying to go through that without the vaccine. Um, I have a nephew that's been hospitalized for a week. He had one shot, got COVID before he could get his second shot in the hospital, pulmonary condition, lungs with fluids, barely hanging on. It took him a week to recover. And, I mean, he's a bodybuilder. He uh, plays semi-pro ball. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I don't understand anybody who don't have the shot. I mean, it's your option, your choice. But guess what? The governor has made... Most mandates with with, uh, masks and stuff, the inner places, I got a feeling the next, um, I'm not sure when the next pro uh, contract talks are going to come up, but I bet you that's going to come up in the next sit-down. And that's why Cam got cut. You need to come to Pittsburgh, though. We can use him as a backup.
4: (laughs) Hey, thanks, mailman. We gotta hit the break. Okay. First first and foremost, uh just speediest of recoveries to your nephew. That's uh that that goes without saying. I caught my COVID before the vaccine. I had it in November and December last year. Uh the listener on the weekend because we didn't tell anyone by Todd, do you remember? We I just disappeared from the airwaves. And I was really only talking to you, Van, because this might come as a surprise to the listener. We're actually friends. That's correct. Yeah. So I would be like I was like, Hey, Van, um I am I have the COVID. I'm near death. And you are like, can I bring you some pho? And I was like, I don't think you understand.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't think faux will help.
3: Pho ain't going to help. Well, I, th- I think my first offer was for
4: edibles. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah you said, I have medicinal marijuana if you're interested. <laughs> That's That's, like, I
3: swear you will feel better for two hours at a time.
4: And I went to every conspiracy theory website, Vital. There was not a single mention of how that would help. Covid nineteen, but that was still Van's prescription. Oh, it wasn't going to help Covid nineteen. <laughs> no, you were. Yeah, you are not a medical professional. That is correct.
1: Bring up your spirits.
4: More NFL talk when we get back from the break. you listen to ABQ Central on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Urban Meyer's like, yeah, I mean, we we took vaccine, we took vaccines into consideration when we were making our cuts. Text the program on the NMDOT text line, 505-246-0610. You're not texting us, though. You're texting Coach Gonzalez because whatever you ask us, we're going to ask him. We've got a bunch of Marty lined up, but I promise you. And I'll rapid fire, Coach G. I'll get through every single text question. I don't care. Also, Vital, I just checked the shipping on my Gardner Minshew shirt, jersey, jersey that I ordered last week after he got traded from the Jaguars, and it's on its way. So
1: that's very you still exciting. haven't gotten it? Wow. Well, it's on its way. Hmm. It's
3: probably on back order now because so many people bought them. Super popular. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Quan's Auto Care Hotline 505 246 0610. We see you calling. We promise we'll answer. He said, quote, A player's COVID 19 vaccination status was certainly in consideration. As he and his staff were making decisions on roster cuts. That's an Urban Meyer quote. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are like, hold up. La, 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 la. That's the quiet part. Jacksonville Jaguars follow up by saying, "Van availability is one of the many factors taken in account when making roster decisions. We have vaccinated and unvaccinated players on our roster. And no player was released because of their vaccination status. Ultimately, decisions are based on players' ability to help the Jaguars win. We educate our players and respect personnel decisions And as it pertains to the vaccine. We want to keep our players, staff, families safe. As we comply with protocols related to both health and safety and competition on game days and side effects may include nausea, dehydration, loss of sleep, suicidal thoughts. This is just the dumbest thing you can do. Number one, the
3: Jaguars have to say that. Jaguars. Jaguars.
4: Ah, Jaguars.
3: Number two, it's obviously complete BS. (laughs) And this is just a CYA tactic. If Urban Meyer would have said, like, you know, we, we, we don't want any Pacific Islanders on our team. That's right. a weird thing to say. He or, shouldn't. Or if he would have said, you know what, we don't want any Mormons on our team. That would be a weird thing to say. You know what, uh, the United States of America has protections in place. They're called anti, anti-discrimination laws. That's a real thing. Okay. You, it prohibits employers from discriminating on the basis of race, gender, ethnic background, religion, or disability. You know what it doesn't protect against? An FDA-approved vaccine. (laughs) Grow up. It's your employer. They pay you to be there. They don't want you there. They can fire you. Grow up. Are
4: you talking about at-will states? Yes. And it's not easy to be in the NFL and unvaccinated. It's $15,000 every time you break a protocol. Yes. And you got to get tested, like, every day. Like, if you have the vaccine, you get tested, like, every fortnight.
3: Every video game that they
0: play?
4: Okay. Joining the program, friend of the show, Howard. Howard, welcome.
0: Well, you know, you call me a friend of the show, and you guys are a friend of my air, uh, my radio airwaves. Oh. I oh,
3: like
4: that.
0: Love it. There we go, man. May I call you Manfred?
4: Please. <laughs>
0: Manfred, and you can call me Howard Elton Coleman III if you like. Deal. Okay. So, you know, uh, when I kind of caught wind afterwards on a serious note, you were out for a while, because I was wondering when you were out, and then when I found out you had the COVID, and it was so severe, but it, again, like you said, it was all pre-vaccine, correct? Correct. So, you know, thank God you're here, man, but first off and for, uh, foremost, thank, thank God you. you're here with us, and, you know, uh, 85% is a heck of a lot better than 0%, my friend.
4: Hard yes.
0: And I'm going to tell you something. I just came off of having COVID. Oh, my gosh. I had COVID about, oh, I finally tested negative about two and a half, three weeks ago. I'm a 60-year-old male, and although I am a stud, you know, I still have (laughs) high blood pressure and asthma. And guess what? I was sick with a little bit of a fever and a slight headache for about two days and just wanted to sleep a lot. And guess why? Because I'm vaccinated
4: your response that's my response when i got vaccinated i just took a long nap i had na- i have the i have natural immunity and i have vaccination immunity what's the, is, is that the right terminology i'm trying to use i'm like double
0: yeah and that's what i've got right now so guess what i'm going to vegas in a month
4: okay. <laughs> you got all the luck in the I'm world ro- Attaboy.
0: boy i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the dice guys. but you know what really enjoy hearing you guys on the afternoon show it's really pretty cool <laughs> Pardon me, and I know you do a, a, some fill-in. It's not—I don't know if it's a regular thing, but I hope to hear a lot more of you because you guys are definitely a pleasurable show to listen to. And hey, thanks a lot. But you know what? On a serious note, Matt, thank God you're here, my friend. Wow, thank you. Take my friend.
3: Hey, you too, Howard. I'm yeah. glad you ba- you bounce back. Asthma—I mean, asthma and COVID—that's a bad combo.
4: Good news for Howard—he can catch us next Tuesday and Wednesday here. The afternoon show is on hiatus for the holiday catch the opening drive on monday they're live catch them no afternoon show we're here tuesday wednesday and then i think there's like baseball the rest of the week right well, well,
3: well hold on yeah let's not skip all the way to next week yet because you're <laughs> gonna get saturday us tomorrow show. and you're gonna get oh, us really? on our normal show saturday
4: oh okay well hold on now. i buried the lead you're right yes you did we'll be here tomorrow we'll be here saturday that is correct
3: and also next Tuesday and Wednesday.
4: Let's grab a break. Uh, we're going to spend the first hour just talking to NFL because that's how I feel. Make sure you're texting the show and the NMDOT hotline, 505-246. We had a bunch of questions for Coach Gonzalez at 530. You know it's going to be a little looser than you're accustomed to with Coach Gonzalez. So uh, you want to know his, his favorite dessert? You want to know his Dunkaroo go-to Graham. Like, this is the time you ask because we will. You listen to ABQ Central, 95.9 FM, AM 610B, Sports Animal. You text us, we'll text you, 505-246-0610 on the NMDOT text line. We're taking questions for Coach Gonzalez. Uh, There is a lot of them, and I like it, and I'm excited to ask them. Some of them are dumb. Can't all be winners. No. You know who you are out there. So Urban Meyer chokes on his own foot, and now he's getting investigated by the NFLPA. I get it. Bill Belichick, when asked directly about Cam Newton, says, quote, no, look, you guys keep talking about that. I would just point out that I don't know what the number is, but the number of players, coaches, and staff members that have been infected by COVID in this training camp camp, who have been vaccinated is a pretty high number. So I wouldn't lose sight of that.
3: There's, there's only 53 people on this roster. And yeah. Every, every, this time every year, we've got to make some hard decisions. and. Unfortunately, Cam Cam wasn't the guy we're going to go with this year and uh...
4: over the course of the 3-week period from August 1st to August 21st, the NFL performed 7,190 individual COVID tests, okay? That's to players and staff that supports teams. Cam got it 4 times. <laughs> Of the seven thousand one hundred and ninety test ban, sixty-eight players and staff tested positive for COVID nineteen. A strong majority of that in staff. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's happening a ton, but there's such a razor thin line in the NFL.
3: Because the players get room service, and then like the assistant equipment manager still has to go to Arby's. The assistant
4: to the equipment manager. Correct. Yeah.
3: He still has to go in public and go to Arby's and get two beef and cheddars for $5 because he's not a
4: multimillionaire. I don't currently have the stomach on a cold, rainy day like this to go down the I hate Arby's path with you. We'll save it a week. Even the thought of that gross Arby's ointment right now (laughs) has derailed me from an excellent point I was about to make.
3: Hashtag callback.
4: This is an example of how Bill Belichick has been in the game for 30 years and Urban Meyer has been in the game for 30 seconds. Sure. Sure. Because when he was in college town.
3: Do I no wrong.
4: Technically is the same town as the one he's in, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Sure. <laughs> yeah, could do no wrong. He's on a pedestal. He's untouchable.
3: Bill Belichick has been saying nothing. Since the early '90s, yes. In an interview, he stopped. He's given you no information in 30 years.
4: After he was not the Jets coach, he was like, "I'm doing." Not, or, excuse me, not the Browns coach. He was like, "I'm, I'm done. I'm done." Hey, Urban Meyer, have you have you seen Breaking Bad? Walter White dies at the end. <laughs> Walter White dies. Hey guys. Hey, Urban Meyer here. Walter White dies. It's even worse than that because <laughs> the time I interviewed Urban Meyer, I was like, "Urban Meyer, you know, at the end of the six, it's he was dead the whole time. He's dead the whole time, guys." The dead person he saw that was that was Mel Gibson. He was dead. That's him. Yeah, that's Urban Meyer. Sure. Bill Belichick's like, I may or may have not seen the sixth sense. I more more uh, of like I, an eleven guy.
3: I, I am familiar with Bruce Willis's work and and the the early stuff from M Night Shyamalan. And I, I I really don't have an answer for you. Is this is this all you got here in
4: the media? Is is that the prequel to Seven? The New Orleans Saints will not play a home game over the course of the next month. I'll raise you, Van, the New Orleans Saints will never play in New Orleans again.
3: Well, you gotta pipe out that foot and a half of water that's in the stadium first before you even think about it. You're talking
4: about the lost city of Atlantis, New Orleans. Correct. <laughs> One what was it seventeen or fifteen years of the day from Katrina, is that what it was? Something poetic like
3: that. Yes. It was on the anniversary, well, it was within 36 hours of the anniversary yeah. almost okay. on the exact day
4: they're gonna play in jacksonville and that's the thing jacksonville because how long has it been since we've like who talks about jacksonville no one it's all we talk about anymore don mclean rode his chevy there
3: and levy was very wet yes you're very. talking
4: about new orleans the lost city of new orleans correct top of the hour we'll be back after traffic It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're 30 short minutes away from Coach Gonzalez joining us to talk football. Text the program, NMDOT text line, 505-246. Get your questions in. I got a grip of them so far. And some wonderful
3: compliments from friends of the show. It's nice to be here with you as well, guys.
4: Three, six, nine, leading the pack right now. I think that's going to end up being the best one thus far. That's the best one so far. Yeah, that's how I feel.
3: Definitely that one. Okay. I'm not asking him what kind of underwear he prefers. No, I see. And that's the thing, too. You guys can save that. You know, we want, we want real questions. Yeah. Everyone knows. Briefs. He's obviously a boxer brief guy. Yeah. It's no doubt.
4: You're one of the boys. Now, this one's a little heavier in content, but I'm not going to go that direction with it, okay? Okay. USA Gymnastics and Abuse Victims propose a $425 million settlement in bankruptcy court. You're familiar with the Larry Nassar story? We don't need to go over that. There were a lot of victims in this thing. Correct. A lot of kids. Correct. So, on Tuesday in U.S. Bankruptcy Court... And this is all going on in Indiana, I think. So the people who insured United States like gymnastics and the people who insured the US Olympics, they're gonna end up coming off of it to the tune of four hundred and twenty five million. First
3: off, no amount of money can erase those scars. Correct. But this is a step in the right direction. <sighs> Bankrupt the whole thing. Start all over again. Yeah. And give as much money as possible to the victims of this. And good and good on them for not accepting the offer of two hundred and fifteen million last year. And they said no. Quintuple that. And they ended up doubling it.
4: Larry Nasser is in jail and he will be in jail until the day he is dead from it. Good.
3: I don't know if he's going to make it that far.
4: He will die in jail. That is correct. So, if the bankruptcy court has the insurers accept this settlement, it goes into a trust. If you were a victim of this, Then you're entitled to some from the trust. You can opt in or opt out. It's it's up to you. I don't know the difference in degree as far as how they separate it out. But it looks like this one, which is what I would argue to be the greatest black eye in the history of the Olympics. This one's coming to an end.
3: Up there in the history of sports, period.
4: Existence of people.
3: Because it, I mean although there was a figurehead all there although there was a rogue perv at the top of this right larry nasser gets should get everything coming to him
4: 100%. and he
3: deserves every second of it but there's institutional failures all the way down oh yes and this and this being allowed to happen this going on that long that is what needs to change the face
4: of this needs to change And USA Gymnastics I think in eighteen just filed bankruptcy to get away from it all. Correct. That was their move. It wasn't oh we okay, we done screwed up. No, that's not what they're they they tucked tail. Correct. Just ridiculous. So and twenty five million into a trust, that trust to anyone who had fell who had fallen victim. Obviously there can be ejections that you have to go in for the end of the month, and then there would be a trial. Or excuse me, uh, there'd be a hearing in early October. USAG, the US Olympic or excuse me. Oh, and the Paralympic Committee too. Oh my gosh. So there you go, man. There's uh I don't know. That's that's an important chapter in this story. So I just want to make sure we I don't know, touch base on that.
3: So sorry for all the victims of this horrible scandal. To make sure these guys stay accountable in the future and this doesn't happen to any other young women ever again.
4: Because you have to to, protect those who can't protect themselves. You have to. Accurate. And the world of youth athletics is like a whole other thing. Because you can get, like, confused. You can see so much opportunity in whatever. The the opportunity for your child to become the next fill-in-the-blank whatever sport. And you can, you can be a blinded to things. And whenever there are individuals that are willing to take advantage of that, that is the worst. Yeah, when when
3: you're in a position of power over a vulnerable population and you use that power, you use that authority to impose your will, your perverted, disgusting will on these people so at risk. I mean there's
4: nothing worse than that, right? Literally nothing. So that seems to be coming to an end, which is a long time coming, which uh which I'm I'm happy about. And and let
3: this be the standard bearer, yes, for any org- organization similar to this going forward. Don't cause harm to others. It would seem that simple. It wouldn't it? It never is. There's always that one guy. There's always the one in the million Larry Nassar's out there. And by the way, he looks like every perv. Yeah, he looks the part. On every SVU episode that I was forced to watch. Oh, God. Like, I kind of would have saw that coming with this guy's face. So weird.
4: Uh, The other kind of weird story in sports right now that doesn't have a ton of jokes in it is this Zach Scott story, the GM for the Mets. you see this?
3: The baseball gods were listening, weren't they, Fred?
4: (sighs) DUI for Zach Scott. He will not be traveling with the team. He's the general manager of the New York and Mets. Um, Well, that's weird. That's super weird. You know how he... So he was leaving a fundraiser for the team, which, by the way, you're a Major League Baseball team.
1: What?
3: Every time, like, a professional athlete or some public figure gets a DWI, and I was like, you have millions of dollars. You have all of the options. Of dollars. You cannot afford a $17 Uber? You're well, telling me you can't pay for overnight parking and get a $17 Uber and go home.
1: If I was a GM of the Mets, I'd be doing a lot of drinking, too. He was at a
4: fundraiser for the team at Steve Cohen's house. Got too loose. Allegedly. Allegedly. Also, Steve Cohen, you should just be laying lower. Like, you're not, socially speaking, in the best place to be hosting these kind of things. Never... I don't know if friend of the show is plugged into like the stock market world. I don't know if they really understand this GME, this AMC. This There's a big thing going on right now in the world of stocks.
3: It's gone out of mainstream news a little bit, but it's still By going By design. On.
4: Yeah, for sure. And Steve Cohen's the guy who's eating it here. For sure. For sure. Anyways, big fundraiser at his house. Billionaire Steve Cohen. Who lets his millionaire GM of his baseball team leave too intoxicated to drive. I got like a short list of things I don't do. I don't drive drunk. Correct. And then like, let's say you're, I don't know, the GM of a team. What kind of standard is that for everyone who's underneath of you? Sure. After you just publicly
3: chastise the team for their behavior yeah and
4: historically speaking a team of dysfunction i could i w- I would love to see like the sobriety test of daryl strawberry and then like m- the
3: cop who's like a mets fan was like okay now now you can't see me because we're not on television this is radio but what i'm doing is i'm imitating the cop making the GM do thumbs down. Yes,
4: and he can't do it.
3: And he can't put this, both of his thumbs down at the same time because he's too drunk to drive.
4: Bill Hughes said one time famously, quote, oh, no, he said this today in a in a tweet. I apologize. I thought this was from... Still famously. Yeah. Quote, it's almost impossible to be as dysfunctional as the Mets organization. They always find a way to one-up themselves. I feel like every headline is an Onion article. <laughs>
1: It's like a clown show continues.
4: And he, and he played in for the Yankees as well. Like he knows both sides of New York baseball. It's dumb stuff, man. Figured out. What
1: do you need
3: a fundraiser for if you're the Mets? What is that? For all that money is hedge fund, hedge fund loss? That is what it
1: is. Stop holding fundraisers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'd love to see him, like, on the side of the road. Him just holding a cardboard sign. Hedge fund crashed. Anything helps. Just get it a quarter at a time.
4: It's kind of crazy to me to have, like, such ease of access to so many things and then still make such poor decisions. How can I trust you at the trade deadline when I can't trust you to... Figure out the end of the night, right? What will the punishment be? Like nothing? You have to lose your job here, and I'm oh, not. You're the guy. fired. Yeah. yeah, you get fired. Because I and I'm not the guy who's like, "Hey, lose a job for making a mistake." I'm not that guy. But I am the guy who's like, "Hey, if you're in a position of leadership, and if you're like one of those guys that has to have like a lot of young men like following you." and understanding you, you can't do this. It wasn't this decision, Zach. This was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Let's lighten it up when we get back. NIL deals are going through the roof, and I love it. We're 15 short minutes away from Coach Gonzalez joining line. us from the Hotline. We'll be giving those 80 80 in 14 95. minutes. 9 FM and AM 610. Coach Gonzalez will join us on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline. Man, Coach Gonzalez is the head coach of the UNM football team. You don't say. There's not a higher level of coach. He's a head coach at a Division One college. And he said, I'm going to take the time to call the boys to hype the friends of the show about the big game tomorrow. There's no
3: one that's more excited than me. Number one about this interview. Because yep. he is an absolute phenomenal interview. Banger. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He shoots from the hip. He doesn't speak in cliches like I just did.
4: <laughs> it's because he's such a locker room guy.
3: <laughs> it's a great interview. Really
4: excited. And the thing that's so neat about the game tomorrow, like the home opener, which you know all about now. If you're a sports fan, you've been listening forever. You know, you know both teams. You know you're excited about the quarterback. You know you're excited about a high-scoring affair. But the thing to me is, like, no matter how it plays out, it could be the most beautiful, like, early September day in the summer. Or, excuse me fall or it can be like a rainy glossy stupid mess and i will love that just as much that'd be fun and it's not any home opener
3: they haven't had a football game in two years yeah this is exciting love it new coach coming home got a hot stuff transfer quarterback second year coaching the boys won their last two games when they were underdogs in both games
4: this is exciting. Okay, so we're in the news, right? We're in the news of sharing sports, but doing it with a take that's, like, laughable. It's, sure. like, enjoyable. That's our thing. I got the best story in, in sports today. Hit me. Deion Sanders' son, Shadur Sanders, okay, he signed a name-image likeness deal. He plays for his dad's team, Jackson State, okay? He's like a four-star guy. Originally, he was going to go to, like, Florida Atlantic or something. But when his dad got the job at Jackson State, he said, I'm going to go over there and play quarterback for my dad. I love that.
3: For sure.
4: You know who loved that more? Beats by
3: Dre. Dr. Dre. (laughs) Dr. Dre. Andre Young liked it a lot.
4: Quote from Shadur. I'm my own brand. Everyone is. The choices I make, they matter. I've never been a follower. I choose to bring my talents to Jackson State to help level the playing field.
3: Love it. And you're going to see more and more of this. Blue chip, four-star, five-star recruits. Yeah will be going to mid-sized colleges, will be spread out across colleges. Of course, your Ios, Ohio States and Alabama's the world will get the the lion's share of the blue chips. Yes. But people are want to go where they are seen, where they can get attention, where they can get this money on these name, image, likeness deals.
4: They released a social media exclusive, they being Beats by Dre and Shadur they released a social media like commercial and it's him warning, like warming up in the stadium now not in gear he's in, in like his own like logo branded t-shirt which i love this is smart. very this is a very big baller brand so smart but not so like egregious and exploitive so as he's playing in the, did you watch the hype video so as he's warming up like, the marching band is playing behind him, but he can't hear them because he's got the beats by Dre. Oh, the noise-canceling The noise-canceling one. Oh, my gosh. I heard those are great. The production on this commercial alone is more than what college kids made last year.
1: Man,
3: if you're a recently graduated stud athlete, if you're in that group where you're the star of your team and you didn't make the NFL – That big gray area of student-athletes are so pissed this year. You had this awesome collegiate career. You're probably going to be fine. The Alumni Association and whatever you get your degree in, you're going to be set for life. You're one of the good old boys now. But those guys who aren't good enough to be in the NFL and who were stars of their college, seeing all this money fly
4: around this year, just like, ugh. hey, Why did I have to be born in 2002? Not it just sucks. Th- not just those guys. Let's talk about, oh, I don't know, Shadir's dad who played in the 80s. Let's talk about the face of college football at Florida State, Deion Primetime Sanders, and the amount of money he would have made at his time in college. I think he did okay. Yeah, it ended up working out for old Primetime. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there were four years there at Florida State, or three, I don't know when he came out. Where he would have made more money than anyone in Florida. Vital, can you cue up Must
3: Be the Money, the song by Deion Sanders when he played for the Falcons? I want to hear that right now. Because he listened to his dad's advice. Must be the money. Must baby. be
4: the money. That's a Nelly song.
3: So must, must be a remake. It probably
4: is. I'll Sample. never forget
3: that. You see the deal uh, Ohio State's quarterback got? One point four million from some company called GT Sports Marketing. A Foresha Nineteen year old kid put one point four mil in his pocket.
4: When this thing first came up, I thought it would be like like a lot of burger. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be like here's a couple bucks. Here's twenty two grand from a car dealership. Here's No. I thought it would be like a kid
3: giving you all the money. Hey. This kid makes more than Cam Newton?
4: Yo God uh, <laughs> uh, I can't handle that.
3: <laughs> this ain't all subs money. He almost tripled the NFL minimum rookie contract. Which I think
4: is like six hundred and some change. I assume that whatever vital this is the banger you were talking about? Yes. Yeah, baby. I okay, I I hope Must it's be the money. Is this the explicit version? I've never heard of this in my entire life. So good. You don't remember this? No. What is it? I'm a couple
3: years older than you.
4: My name is Willie. Willie Beeman.
3: Yeah, that's exactly where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Must be the money, baby.
4: Some of, like, today's varsity, okay? So today's varsity is, and we're going to, like, athlete, okay? So today's varsity is athlete who played in college, like, previously. Who would have made all the money? Okay. Okay. I'm in. With NIL rules. Okay. All right. I'm putting that down because I'll forget. Adjusted for inflation. (laughs) All right. Today's varsity athlete who had to have played in college that would have made all the money. Correct. So LeBron James does not qualify. Nope.
3: Skipped it. Skipped it. He made all the money on his own. Kobe Bryant, you're out. Skipped it. Fernando Tatis Jr., you're out. It's mostly going to be football
4: players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a lot of Tony Gwynns on this list. That's the thing too, because even if you're the best baseball player, you're not going to make all the money. Mm-mm. No, it takes a while. Because in college, that much, it doesn't. No one watches that. You have to go to Rice if you want someone to watch you on TV. Beats by Dre.
3: Just shelling it out. He's going to do so good. Yes.
4: And how smart is Deion Sanders to be like, hey, defense is not where the money is at. Return kicks is not where the money is at. Right. Go be that quarterback.
3: He's going to get drafted and they're going to move him to cornerback just because of that DNA. You know it.
4: From the texter, the NIL will ruin sports.
1: I'm not seeing it yet. I agree. I think college sports will have issues here.
4: They'll be ruined? Yeah. I'm talking more... I don't agree whatsoever. I'm talking more about college sports right now than I ever have.
3: Whatsoever. Hey, you know what's going to ruin professional football? What's that? Those big contracts.
4: Oh, that's true. That's a That's been a saying forever. Right. These guys will get complacent. And they won't work anymore. Those Those big, top-loaded, long contracts... Yeah. It's going to ruin the sport. You know, they're just going to play hard in their arbitration
1: here. Don't forget load management coming to the NFL. (laughs) Vital's right. He's totally right. I love it so much. There's
4: 17 games now. They're going to act like it's the end of the world. Do they get two bye weeks now? I don't even know how it works.
1: Oh, it's just one. Just one? Oh, oh, double load
4: management. Still just one. I could be wrong. No, I don't think you are. I'm the guy who
3: don't know. It, the next bargain agreement, they're going to add another game as long as there's another bye week, right? Yes. And you got to cut a preseason game. And then two years after that, a next bargain agreement, two more games, two more bye weeks. Next thing you know, the NFL is like the hockey season. Mm-hmm. It never stops. They get a week off for Christmas,
4: and it's year-round. 82 games. <laughs> Uh last chance to text the NMDOT text line for your questions for Coach Gonzalez. We're gonna grab a break right now so we can get him at 530 sharp. And by 530 sharp I mean at or near. It's not super sharp. David but- or excuse me, this is ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM six ten, the sports animal. Little bit of a last minute audible during the break. Coach Gonzalez will be joining us at like five forty four close or near. So we called my very best friend in all of golf, Taryn Gregson, who's a host and reporter for the PGA Tour, and we're going to talk to her about the New Mexico Senior Open Championship at the Inn of the Mountain Gods. No, we are absolutely not. I do not care about that at all. Taryn, how are you?
9: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
4: Taryn, I introduced you to the Albuquerque listener the way I introduce you to everyone, which is we're just two small-town kids that somehow made it into this weird weird world of talking.
9: (laughs) We are very lucky and blessed indeed, but um, hey, small town kids can accomplish a lot.
4: I agree, and I think some of the kids that are accomplishing the most right now are all these banger personalities on the tour. I'm more excited for the tour right now than I've been at any time in the history of golf, including all the Tiger years. I love that there are personalities across the board. How are you soaking all of this in?
9: Oh, I love it too. I mean, it's just. It's so much fun to have, um, like you said, so many fun and and different personalities and um, guys bringing their own flavor to the sport and, um, you know, spicing it up, smashing some drives, and um, giving us some good golf. So it's, it's really an exciting time in golf, and um, the sport has just seen – an overall spike in interest um, over the past year and a half, two years here. And it's just so cool to see more and more people themselves getting out on the golf course and picking up a golf club themselves. So I, it's just, it's really exciting time to be in golf.
3: It seems like there were some tiger-sized shoes to fill. And the void has been filled very quickly with a lot of fun, long drives, and entertainment. What kind of lessons do you think this new group of golfers learned from Tiger Woods and the rise of golf in this country and world?
9: Oh, I mean, I think that this is the result of Tiger Woods. I mean, most of these guys right now that are on tour that, you know, are part of this this younger crop of guys that are in their early 30s and mid to late 20s. I mean, these are Tiger babies. These guys grew up. Watching Tiger play um, and he influenced them to pick up the game of golf. You know, it's really neat and exciting to see how these guys are true athletes. You know, so many of them could have picked other sports to go play because that's just how athletic they are, but they chose golf. And you better believe that Tiger had a huge impact on that. And then, you know, you fast forward to them coming onto the tour and Tiger you're coming back and being around you know the past couple of years before his accident and he just took on this new role of being a mentor and pouring in to this next generation of golfers and i think that that had a big impact as well
4: taryn gregson joining us host uh daily and weekly shows over there with the pga tour so uh the takeaway and the good the bad and the unusual are they both still in full force are they both still going well for you
9: Oh, yes, absolutely. They are so much fun. Um, the takeaway I do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights on PGA Tour social media and PGAtour.com. And that's just a fun recap. It's not your typical highlight show. We show you in about two and a half minutes or less the fun, quirky stuff that happened that day on the golf course. And of course, you know, the, the big storylines. And then Good, Bad, and Unusual is on PGA Tour YouTube and Facebook. Um, every monday and that is exactly what it sounds like we show you all the good bad and unusual stuff that happens and like you're alluding to you know it's golf is really interesting right now so we've got a lot of unusual stuff happening uh, to include in our fun show so
4: you and i grew up in st louis missouri i would call that the heart of pro wrestling I would call that like theatrical entertainment has professional golf has the pga just become wwe because if it's de or if it's reed or if it's i guess Colin, whoever's involved all of a sudden like here they come with the steel chair how has it become just as entertaining off the course as it is on the course
9: um i think like you said you, you know you've seen those uh those personalities come out and um you know People are, you know, people keep kind of making these comments that this is sort of something new, but you know, we saw a lot of good rivalries back, you know, when Tiger came on the scene. At first, him and VJ Singh kind of had a little rivalry. You know, of course, we all know about Tiger and Phil. You know, you can kind of sprinkle Sergio Garcia in there a little bit with that Tiger Tiger rivalry and, you know, this isn't necessarily new to golf, but I think it just it makes it so much fun. Um, I think these guys have a lot of respect for one another and um, have a lot of passion and a, and a lot of fire. And like you said, like there's so many good personalities. So, um, you know, we're just kind of seeing some personalities gel, some personalities uh, don't, depending on who they are. So I think that um, it's just natural for it to be happening, and, and fans love it. And as long as everyone's being respectful, um, on and off the course, I, I don't think there's any problem with it, and, and you know we're going to see Brooks and and Bryson as teammates at the Ryder Cup, and they've both multiple times, you know, have said that none of this is going to matter. Like they're going to go out there and they're going to they're going to play for Team USA, and that's, that's that is what it is. So, um, yeah, I I think that it's fun, and I think that it's good for golf.
3: You mentioned Brooks and Bryson, and this beef is so much fun to watch. What I want to ask you is, how much is this real? How much is this for show? And when did it actually start?
9: <laughs> um, you know, those are all good questions that I don't have the answer <laughs> ah, to. Yes, um, personally, but you know, we we kind of saw um, this. Two have made comments to each other back and forth. We saw. I guess it was last year, um, or the year prior. I'm starting to get my years mixed up here. When um, there were some comments made about uh, Bryson's slow play at the Northern Trust, and him and and Brooks kind of, you know, sorted it out on the range, had a little conversation, um, and I think that kind of sparked it. And then from there, we've just we everyone's seen the viral clip of of Brooks, you know, doing the eye roll when Bryson walks by. And, you know, Bryson's got a big smile on his face. I think that he's been a, a good sport through through most of this. And he's taken a lot of, um, you know, flack from the fans. Brooks doesn't really take any of that. Bryson's the one that's been taking um, some of the, the, the jarring from fans out on the golf course. And, you know, Bryson's, Bryson has spoken with his play. He's been in the mix. Um, pretty much every week that he tees it up out there, so you um, you don't
4: accidentally get placed with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Phil Mickelson on the biggest spotlight in the history <laughs> of it. You were speaking about fans. I got one final question before we cut you loose, Aaron. Um, fans are excitable. Fans have become a part of the game, and I know the PGA. It's you know it's a gentleman sport. It's 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 an old boys league. Um, Do you see a shift in how fans are interacting at golf courses post-COVID? Do you think it's going to stay, or do you think it's going to come back to the medium?
9: Um, I think, you know, we were seeing a lot of fans, uh, you know, being boisterous out there even before COVID. I don't think that... It's necessarily anything new. This is just given those loud fans um, something else to say rather than you know like mashed potatoes or Baba Booey or something right. like that. So I think it's kind of the same people. If I had you know I, sort of making assumptions, but if I had to guess, I, I would say that it's it's some of the same people. And hey, listen, you know people are just excited to be able to go to go somewhere, get out, go to sporting events again, and people are excited about golf for for several reasons at the moment so i think it's a combination of of a lot of that
4: love that so very much thank you for being so flexible with us thank you for working with the time thank you for being a friend of the show
9: absolutely thanks for having me we're so excited to to have our season finale this week
4: taryn gregson from the pga tour she does it all Van. she does it all make sure you follow her on instagram is that your preferred one taryn All right, Instagram it is. Make sure you follow her at Taryn Gregson. Uh, It's just one word, T-E-R-Y-N, Gregson. Can't mess it up. Taryn, thank you. Thank you. I just like her so much. I've liked her for so long. Did great. We've been friends a long time. I want to listen to that again later when I'm off air. Yeah. The YouTube for the PGA Tour is so good. It's fun and it's loose and, and you can get the energy from it. So, yeah, so check her out. Check out what she's doing. Let's go to break. We'll come back with Coach Gonzalez. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Forget the rejoin. We're going straight to Coach Gonzalez. Coach, welcome to the program for the first time. It has been 642 sleeps since there's been a home game for your Lobos. How restless are you going to be tonight?
2: No, thanks for having me on, first off, guys. And its uh, I don't know that I'll sleep. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of nerves, excitement. Uh, you name it, it's all there, and I'm just happy that it's finally happening, and I'm happy that it's finally happening here.
3: Coach, you're doing a, an absolutely awesome gesture for some Lobo legends. Will you, will you tell Lobo fan out there what you're doing with these retired jersey numbers?
2: Well, you know what? I mean, I, I've uh, I've become friends with Bobby Saniago. I mean, he was a, a hero of mine growing up, just being a Lobo fan, and then obviously I played with Brian, and – I think the best way to honor those guys is to, to have them talked about and to have them, I mean, teach our guys what the importance was that they were to our program and given someone like Dion Hunter, the opportunity to wear Bobby Chaniago's number. And and every time they talk about Dion Hunter making a play, Bobby Chaniago's name will come up. And I think that's awesome. I think we need to honor those guys. I mean, what they gave up in the, the past that they, all the work that they did to give the guys that are currently here, the present, and then build it better for the future. So I'm I'm just totally excited that we can honor those guys, and they were on board with it, so I think it's a great deal.
4: Coach, the thing about tomorrow night is it could be rain or it could be shine or it could be a combination of all the things in between, but what's going to happen on the field is going to be the spotlight. Like, do you have any consideration for weather or conditions or, or anything outside of what's between, like, the goalpost?
2: No, you know what, the uh, – the great game of football you play in whatever it is outside lightning they don't stop the game so uh we don't worry about that we have i mean if it gets real bad we can go inside in the wind in the spring but in the wind in the fall we practice outside because there's a chance we're gonna have to play in it And we play in late october in uh, laramie wyoming and if anybody's been to laramie wyoming late october it's a it's a breezy day if the wind is about 40 miles an hour so you got to prepare yourself for all those situations and The only thing that we really worry about is the three things that our kids control. It's effort, attitude, and want to. No matter what, nothing can change that other than our guys. And if they are mentally tough and strong-minded, then that stuff doesn't really matter. And those are the things that we try and focus on. So, Now, I watch the weather as a coach so that I can try and prepare our guys the best I can as far as what adjustments we'll need to make, what the equipment guys, they watch it to make sure that we have the right gear on the sidelines and stuff. So I'm into all that, but we don't really talk about it with our kids because – it is what it is. I mean, we're going to show up, and we're going to play, and we're going to play hard in whatever the conditions are.
3: Lobo Football's got a new recruit, got a new quarterback behind center. Tell Albuquerque about uh, Terry Wilson.
2: You know, we're, we're excited to have Terry Wilson. He's a he's a, tra- a graduate transfer, so he's already graduated with his undergraduate degree, and he's working on his bas- or his master's degree. Um, he played – he was a three-year starter at Kentucky. He was 17-8 and eight as a starter in the SEC uh led them to their first ten win season uh since the fifties. I mean he he won games at Florida and at Tennessee, which Kentucky hadn't done in a long time. Uh he was a two year captain. So he has the experience that we were looking for in a grad transfer. Um we've been meeting with him since March. He's been on campus since June and then they had a great battle of competition quarterback at quarterback during fall camp and he just seemed to have a voice and a drive that moved our offense a little bit better and uh with his experience that probably helped. Uh, we've got a dynamic athlete a quarterback that can throw the ball very efficiently. He can run the ball; I mean, he's fast as lightning. So he gives us a, a dynamic on offense that um, really makes it hard to defend. So we're really excited to have him. And uh, he—I mean, the people in Albuquerque, I mean, I talk about all the time. I want to paint this town cherry. He's going to help us do that.
4: Coach, we opened up the text line for the first half of the program for questions for you, and here's one of my favorites. Are you ready? I'm ready. Did you watch the UTEP versus NMSU game as a fan or scouting last week?
2: You know, as a, as a football coach, it's kind of hard to watch any game as a fan just because you get so in tune to watching what you're trying to dissect on game day. It's, it's become such a habit. Uh, when I go to, uh, when I was uh, coaching at a couple of my previous stops, last one being at Arizona State and I got an opportunity to go because I'm a big Cowboys fan. I got the opportunity to go watch the Cowboys and Cardinals. Oh, nice. Um, I try and focus on watching the football so I can be a fan. But well, normally when I watch it on TV, it's uh, I'm watching the line of scrimmage, trying to see what they're doing in the secondary. So since we play both those teams, it was a free opportunity to scout somebody on TV.
3: Coach, all eyes are going to be on your recruits. All eyes are going to be on your transfers. But I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the walk-ons, the non-scholarship guys. How are these guys going to contribute to the Lobo football team this year?
2: You know, they're they're going to contribute in a big way. Um, I think we have a great walk-on program here, and we do a really good job of of scouting New Mexico. I mean, we recruit New Mexico kids very hard. We're going to take four or five every year, and and normally, I mean, that's a pretty big number for a state that only has 1.2 million people. But I think the... Kids that come from New Mexico, it, it means something to them. I mean, I was a New Mexico kid, and I knew how much I loved this place. And then you, obviously, if you want to be a great coach, you better get great players. So we'll find enough kids in New Mexico. But the ones that, that I challenge are the ones that we don't recruit, that we don't end up offering, that we give them an opportunity to walk on. And my challenge to them is prove me wrong. Show me that I made a mistake in not recruiting you and giving you a scholarship right out of high school. And if you prove that you can play for us and that you're going to you're gonna contribute and be on the field, I'm going to put you on scholarship. And we've already done it. Obviously, we did it with Isaiah Chavez. There's a perfect example of a young man that came in and showed that he can help our program win games. So, I mean, I think it's a great challenge. I was a walk-on here and earned my way to a scholarship. So the opportunity is there. Um, now, as far as scholarship, walk-on, black, white, yellow, green, uh, it matters not one bit to me what they are or who they are. All I care about is that they are good kids and they play good they play football the right way. They're good at football. And if they do that, we're going to put them on the field. And if they're not on scholarship, they'll become on scholarship, and uh, we'll give them that opportunity. But you'll see a bunch of walk-ons play uh, tomorrow night that have proven that they can get on the field.
4: Coach, I got a couple texts about Bobby Cole, and I'm going to be real transparent here. He's my favorite player. How's Bobby Cole looked? How's the running game look? Uh, if you have to keep it on the ground tomorrow, how well is he going to do?
2: You know, Bobby Cole is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's your favorite player because he plays football the right way. He's physical, he's downhill, and somebody uh, gets in front of him, he doesn't try and juke him. He tries to go right through him. He tries to annihilate him, and that's that's kind of the attitude we want on our football team. So, uh, he's doing well. I mean, he he, banged, he twisted up his ankle a little bit about a week and a half ago, so we've kind of been trying to ease him up to the game, but he's ready to go, and he'll be out there full board tomorrow. Uh, offensive line, they uh Jacob Jankovia is going to start the right tackle. That's been the position that we've been trying to hunt to hunt for the most. If he plays well, uh, those guys up front proved the last two games last year that, that we can be physical up front, and then you have a runner like Bobby. we got a chance to run the ball effectively, and then if that happens, it makes it easier for Terry to have opportunities to throw it to guys like Manny Logan Green and Luke Weisong and Keontae Lehner and Zarek Scruggs. So I'm excited about watching Bobby Cole tomorrow afternoon.
3: Coach Houston Baptist is not a household name, but this program is no slouch. What do you and the boys have to do tomorrow to take home the W?
2: Um, obviously, we have to be assignment sound. I mean, first and foremost, you have to know what to do and how to do it. Uh, I tell our kids all the time the team that plays the hardest, the longest, is usually the team that wins. Now, you've got to avoid turnovers. You've got to avoid those silly mistakes, especially, especially in a first game. But we've got to be assignment sound. Play really, really hard and then let the let the game take care of itself.
4: Coach from the Texter, because like I said, we opened it up. You have said famously, quote, being the most feared, toughest team to play, while not being the most talented or the best team on the field. How does that translate to wins, Coach? That's what the that's what the friend of the show wants to know.
2: You know what? The the great thing about the game of football, in my opinion, is you can really neutralize that talent gap if you beat somebody up. Love that. And you get to do it within the rules of the game, which is even better. I mean, it's why, it's why most of the kids that we recruit played this game, and it's why most of the fans watch it. I mean, UFC and football are the two most popular sports on television. Why? Because of the nature of them. So our job, I mean, we have, we have some talented kids. We may not be the most talented, but we can neutralize that gap, and we have enough talent that if we get that demeanor we get that that psyche Uh, we will be the toughest team in this league, and then we're going to win a heck of a lot more games than we lose.
3: Earlier in the show, we had a prediction that 32,000 people are coming out to the stadium. For those who aren't coming out to the stadium, tell them why they should show up and support the Lobos.
2: You know what? I I say it quite a bit. We want to paint this town cherry, and I think our kids have done a great job with everything that we've asked them to do through COVID, having to leave the Las Vegas and, and go six weeks away from their homes, their families, their friends. And they did everything they could to compete, and we got better. And so I really believe in my heart. Now, if we talk about it, if we want to be big time around here, we need resources and we need those things. And our administration has done a great job of stepping up. If we get more people in the stands and we get more buy-in from the community to support this local football team, it's going to make our entire athletic department better, and it's going to happen a whole lot faster. Now, we're going to win. We're going to win a conference championship. I have all the faith in the world in what we're doing and we've done it before at another place, so we just need to do it here, and I believe we can. It'll happen a whole lot faster if we get that 32,000 people support like you're talking about. Now, we'll give you a reason to come, and I understand this too. Uh, Losing is a habit, and unfortunately for our Lobos for the last few years, it's been a habit, and that goes into the community. They don't want to spend their hard-earned money and go watch the team lose, especially when they expect them to lose. Well, we're going to put a product out there that's going to play really, really hard, and we're going to start winning more than we lose. I just want you to buy in. Come be with us, and we'll build something really special here in the city of Albuquerque. We can paint this town cherry.
4: Coach, we took it all the way up to the break, and we appreciate you so much. Fear the fangs, my friend.
2: Fear the fangs. Thank you,
4: guys. Go Lobos. Michael Vitale, you're the best producer in all of of this. Thank you so very much. We're grabbing a break. Come back. We're going to break that down a little bit. Then we're 15 minutes away from Jared Elmore to talk Gladiators playing this Sunday. Coach brings that energy, Mike Vitale. Thank you. I know that last thirty-five minutes was a bit of a scramble. ABQ Central, ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten, the Sports Animal. A little inside baseball, Michael, for the listener. I want to apologize too. Like on the texter, we're dialed in on it, right? Because we got—I mean, we got a ton of them here. But like when the text comes mid-interview, I didn't have it refreshed, so this was a this is a very good question says, please ask coach about the new running back, Peyton Dixon, who committed today and is eligible immediately. I should have done that. That was foolish of me not to do. I had it on my short list, but we were tied on time. But 369, we'll get into in the future.
1: Well, that's the future, but the season starts tomorrow, so that's what you know, I love game week, and especially it's the first one, first one in two years the Lobos have played at home. Mm -hmm. I expect a lot of I expect about 20,000. That's my number. To get out, really, and to get out there and just watch a good product and watch a team that wants to win. I love that.
4: It's a jazz that we haven't had before. It's football. And I get it, lifelong Lobo fan who's listening. I get it. You have had it, so I'm lying.
1: I haven't had it.
4: That's why I'm so exceptionally excited,
1: especially after the the way they ended last year with two straight wins and real big wins against right? good programs. That's what I thought right? was really good. They never took their foot off the gas pedal, which is what coach is all about. He just he 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 runs at a high energy and it it just you know comes off on the kids. Well, and
4: to be fair, to be to fair, fair, the schedule sets the Lobos up, it's a favorable schedule to start. And there are factors outside of just the game. Like, to pack University Stadium with so many fans, there's an advantage there that they have not felt in years. Years. I think a dude's got a really good shot being
3: 3-1, facing a competitive Air Force team, and then setting yourself up for success for the rest of the season. That's I look. That's looking too far
4: ahead, of course. You're because th- you think they're going to take. There's a strong possibility, in your opinion, they're going to take the L to Texas A&M.
3: I think that's highly likely.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you.
3: Yep. I mean, Vegas didn't go bankrupt for a pretty good reason,
4: right? That's well, yes. But tomorrow, and then September 11th against State. September 25th, against UTEP.
3: Yep, and then we got a. F- a row of real challenges right after that—the
4: Air Force game and the San Diego State game. That's where you're going to get the real measuring stick.
3: If they if they go into those two games healthy, I think that's what's going to tell you this football team's made out of.
4: There's so much good football right now. Hey, I get the Unibells come back. You're just about the Cowboys and blah blah blah. That's not right now. Right now it's UNM Lobos and Duke City Gladiators. And if you're like, oh, I don't know what the Gladiators are, then on Sunday, go down to Dave & Buster's and watch it because the hype is real. It's as exciting a football as you can find anywhere. And it's arena football, and we're going to talk about it at 615 with Jared Elmore. They're going
3: to have the number one and number two vote-getters in the MVP. The Gladiators? Gladiators, yeah. correct. You're going to see the best two players in the league on the field playing together. As far as the Lobos go... I believe in it. I bought into it. I think there's a culture there that Coach Gonzalez is establishing, establishing that's just no nonsense. You play hard, you play the right way, and then the passion is there. You see, I mean, you see it in his eyes when he's talking about football. You know his heart's in it. You know, the last two coaches we've had here, I mean, there's been some promise. There's been some glimmers of hope. But the program falls apart when you lose the locker room. And the last two coaches have lost the locker room, and I 100% do not see that happening this time.
1: And you look at what the team has weathered. A pandemic last year, they think the only team in college football history to relocate to another state for an entire season. And, I, you know, they, they've got, you know, homegrown talent. I mean, uh, Andrew Erickson. He's a hometown kid. He's going to be one of the starters, a starting wide receiver. So there's a lot to like about this team and the the program in general.
3: I'll tell you one of the hardest conversations Coach G's ever had to have is when he had to sit Isaiah Chavez down in the locker room. And he's like, hey, son, I know you turned around our season last year. (laughs) I know you're undefeated. Uh But you're not going to be our starter going in. I mean, that's
4: the job of the head coach. That's the leadership capability. How hard is that? You've got to
3: look this kid in the eye and tell him that. Hey, hey, 2 0 starter. Hey, savior of our last season. I mean, it's a team game. Everyone plays together. But he's a quarterback. He's the face of it. Hey, kid, sit down. I got some bad news. That's got to be tough.
4: And it's like, it's multi tiered, too, right? Because it's not, that's every position. Like, if if you're at that position, you're like, Number one when coaching, you put your best players at their best positions and let them play. The rest of the team sees that. And like Bobby Cole's a good example. I am the biggest Bobby Cole mark. I have fandom for Bobby Cole. But and we talked about it from the texture. Like Peyton Dixon coming in, who played at Fresno State, and I think you see Davis, he's a guy who can contribute right away. A guy who plays as well as Bobby Cole be like, oh, okay, this is you know, this is my ball to carry every time this is my rock. Keep adding talent. Keep coaching that talent well. Breathe some life back into the fan base. I'm in. Bring hey, bring your dollar poncho. Just like I was at Kenny Chesney the other day. What concert did I go to? It'll fit in your back pocket. Jason Aldean. What concert did I go to the other day? Uh Dirk's <laughs> Dirk's Bentley. Dirk's Bentley. If I, tell you, I was the only person at Dirk's Bentley with a poncho.
3: It's probably my second favorite Bentley.
4: You're talking about the car. Yeah, the car is my favorite. Yeah, apparently. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pumped for UNM football. I'm pumped for the Gladiators game this weekend. I'm pumped for my fantasy football draft. I'm pumped for the NFL to start next week. Mm.
3: It's that time of year, baby.
4: I celebrated a little bit when
3: Hard Knocks was over. We had our first like e blustery day. It was
4: overcast
3: and dark and mm-hmm. raining early.
4: There was no sunshine in Albuquerque today. The mighty Casey just struck out. Vital, what do you think? Six wins? Seven wins? Eight wins?
1: I say six. I think they get their bowl eligible. It, I, I like,
4: HBU, New Mexico State. Yep. UTEP. Wyoming?
1: Yep. Colorado State, they can Colorado beat Colorado State, they're, I agree. They're about, they beat them last year, I think. I think.
4: UNLV, Fresno State, I see seven. You see seven? I think I see seven.
1: And they got an exciting and explosive dynamic player in Wilson, the quarterback. So, um, that I, I like this team.
4: They got sweet play-by-play with Jeff Zimbietta on the TV. That was a good get, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, super smart.
3: This Wilson kid, man, he, uh, I know we talked about this before, but. He passed the eye test immediately. Yeah, he looks like an athlete. He, he walks like an ball. athlete. Me and uh, KOB TV's Brandon Ortega, yo, back to back to back New Mexico sports caster of the year.
4: He'll be joining us tomorrow at four o'clock on the program before the Lobo game tomorrow.
3: Not exciting. Yes, what a guy to make some time for us. We're watching practice a little bit, and he practice. Ma- he made all the throws he needed to make. He's got some legs. He tucked it and ran it when he needed to. I'm excited to see what's coming
1: yeah, he can throw the ball. I saw it at practice, how he just looped it away in the air, and it was deep ball too that he threw in camp and um man yeah, I'm excited to see how he can you know what he can do on the offense, and that offensive line has been revamped and and i I think that's going to be one of the Question marks in the season, but I think in the end they're going to be real explosive. I think the expectations on the offense, especially, you know, getting that running game going, Fred, like you were talking, mm-hmm. to, talking about, I think that's going to be a key in, you know, getting that chemistry together on the whole line.
4: From the, uh, you, uh, from the NMDOT texter, there's been a lot of marketing fluff. It's rampant at UNM. They think it's all frenzy and hype. It's just trying to sell tickets. Well, I'm telling you what, these things are not mutually exclusive. You put good play on the field, and you do the things outside the field to build excitement. You're absolutely correct. The marketing has been up. You're absolutely correct. The penetration has been up. You're absolutely correct. Coach Gonzalez is joining the afternoon talk radio show in town the day before the game, because he's as excited as we are and his fan is. Yeah, you. It's a, it's a synergy. Marketing fluff. The texter is marketing not, fluff. I, hey, I'll be honest, and I love the NNBOT text line. They're not kind to Lobo football. They're apprehensive. Of
3: course you're going to market the game. I'll, or are you just going to be indifferent to ticket sales and not care? to say, like, hey, you know what, Albuquerque? Show up if you want to or not. Meh. Yeah. Meh. No, of course we're going to hype it. Of course UNM is going to hype it.
4: This is Lobo football. It's the biggest ticket in town. Go oh. support the boys. Hey, and this is not marketing coming on our program. It's not at all. We hype things that we care about. Sure. I will talk about WWE every single day. You do. Because I hype it. I get sick of it. I love it. (laughs) The things I care about are the things that I share. Right now, I care about UNM Lobos football. For the last two years, eh, I just lied. I was into it last year because I thought it was so very exciting what they were doing on the road and the wins. Our first year as this program... We gave the Lobos zero love. What are we going to talk about? There was nothing to talk about.
3: How poor the play on the field was? How we, dysfunctional the locker room was? Right. The dumb stuff. The, how archaic the coach was? He's He would have been like the best coach in 1947. We'd have had it. Yeah. yeah. A little Yeah, we'd have had a uh, uh, student body left. Like, okay. You know how many colleges in the country run Coach Davies' offense? One. His. His.
4: That's a really good point. Yeah. Also, he wouldn't know what to do with Terry Wilson. I'm going to be real honest. Yeah. That is a dual threat run pass. Like, you, like, Lobo fan has not seen. You're going to show up tomorrow. You're going to go, those two athletes right there, he and Bobby Cole, this could be anything. Sure. And you know what it's like going to a game? Like, you go to an iSteps game, it's like a social event. There's a baseball game going on. What do you, they have so much else going on. Food and entertainment and amenities and orbits and friends and groups and announcements and spectacles and fireworks and do you want me to keep going? At this UNM Lobo game, be in your bleacher seat when it kicks off. Don't miss the opening kick.
3: Support the boys. That's the only way it grows. That's the only way it gets better. That's how I feel. You can't just sit back and magically hope that the program's just gonna be eleven and oh one day. You gotta grow it. You gotta build it. You gotta support it. You gotta pump money into it.
4: And when the time comes, because Coach Gonzalez will join us again. Hey, then we can ask about how he feels about NIL. And then we can ask about a million other things. But right now you talk about the hype because it deserves to be hyped.
3: If we had more time, I totally would have asked him about Brooks and Bryson, you know. See his feelings on golf beef.
4: See his feelings on golf beef. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go to a break. Come back. We're going to connect with Jared Elmore. Plays wide out for the Duke City Gladiators. He is a stud. He is a world beater. And personality-wise, he's the only guy I've met in the city stronger than me and you.
3: Okay. Well, I retract my statement because I was going to literally say the same thing. (laughs) He's the only one better at our job than us.
4: You will be blown away if you're not familiar with Jared Elmore. Smart, articulate, funny, intelligent. He's going to communicate the game to you and excite you for a way that I am already excited. This is ABQ Central, and this is 95.9 FM and AM610, The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program, everyone who's a friend of the program. Normally when we're here on the weekends, it's like a ghost town. We're here throughout the week now, like 4 to 7, as we so often are. Like people, are people are like, they just come in the door, they don't even care. We're just like, hey, welcome to the – this is great. We love it. I'm listening as I'm doing whatever. I'm like, I love that. But normally we have these moments for us to just like connect during the commercial break, and we haven't had that. I love it.
3: I love the camaraderie. And your favorite word, Fred. Fellowship. The fellowship.
4: You and I crossed paths originally with Jared Elmore a couple weeks ago at a Duke City Gladiators press conference, and that was at – Oh, the burger place. It's on the tip Laguna of my burger. Laguna Burger. Laguna which Burger, which I love. Yeah. Uh, so they were making a big announcement, and they were talking about what was going on with the team, and then Jared Elmore said, um, hey, I, I know I left a pretty good impression at the press conference. I'm going to leave an even bigger impression when I catch the best touchdown pass in the history of all touchdowns ever thrown in the history of passes. Jared Elmore, welcome sure. to the show.
10: Hey, man. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me, man. How are you guys?
4: I've never complained one day in my entire life. You, Ben?
10: Uh, I don't listen
3: when Fred complains, so there's that. Yeah,
10: Yeah, that sounded like some hot air, but, hey, I'll I'll keep my opinions to myself on that note, huh?
4: We had Dello Davis on the program on Monday. You were not available. When speaking with Dello, we were talking about the game-ending touchdown Run, pass, handoff, Nate Davis to Dello Davis, Jared Elmore in the corner, option to win the game as time expires. Uh, Any pressure there, Jared? No big deal?
10: (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, To be honest with you, gentlemen, and uh, I was so committed to that play uh, because uh, the play before uh, did not go the way that I had scripted it. You know what I mean? So I was just really fortunate to see Nate put up we had one more second and uh i mean it's a testament about not giving up and playing uh till four zeros are on the clock that's something that uh delo most definitely has been preaching uh adamantly as of late you know what i mean so it's man it, it was awesome to be a part of i was just uh so Happy to catch the football. Wanted to check with the refs. Wanted to make sure everything was good. You know what I mean. So, I really was the only one who wasn't celebrating. I was so focused on making sure that we <laughs> get to the next situation. You know what I mean. So, I mean, again, you know, how fortunate are we? You know what I mean. So, uh it was awesome though. It was great to be a part of. Glad to say I was a part of it.
3: Duke City Gladiators, first year in the IFL. We not only make it into the playoffs, but you get a dub. Now you got to go against the number one seed, 12-2 in their home stadium. Yeah. Are, we, are we talking Wouldn't. about Miracle on Ice? Are we talking about Buster Douglas over Tyson? Or is this just business as usual for the boys?
10: Business as usual. I, uh, listen, we, we understand uh, who they are. They understand who we are. Uh, this is going to be our third round. You know what I mean? Uh, we're, we're really excited. This is exactly what we talked about uh this is exactly what we wanted. So we we're just preparing uh each and every day, uh and taking each and every play as a championship opportunity, you know. Uh much respect to Kevin Guy and his uh group, his stable of horses, but uh we most definitely are looking forward to the uh competition, man, and playing in their place. Uh we'd love to keep that crowd quiet. And out of the game, man, to be honest with you.
4: Now, I put in a call to one Dr. James Andrews from the Andrews Institute to let him know that you were planning on breaking multiple ankles this upcoming Sunday in Arizona. Right on. What do you got planned for the field? How are you going to take it to them boys personally in your matchups?
10: Well, uh, they're well coached. Uh, And – what we're going to do is make sure that we have our uh, route integrity, making sure that we're where we're supposed to be when the play is called. uh, And when we get our opportunity, you know what I mean? Uh, Just trying to maximize it. So uh, whether it's a hitch or a post or whatever it is that we decide to run, you know what I mean? It's a a mindset of, man, win or go home. And uh, for people who don't really understand what that feels like, that means every play is, uh, you know, critical and every detail matters. And so – Just, you know, it's going to be uh, chin shots going both ways. But uh, the guy who stands in there the longest is what we're looking for. We're looking to go uh, 12 rounds with these guys. So just uh, a lot of stamina, a lot of togetherness, man, and just executing uh, the way that we're very capable of on the offensive side of the ball.
3: In all likelihood, the Davis boys are going to be going 1-2 in the MVP vote.
10: Yeah, How confident
3: are you guys when you walk out on the field with those two?
10: Uh, Extremely. You know what I mean? Uh, We call him the sheriff and uh, I refer to Delo affectionately as agent zero. Uh, (laughs) He just makes things happen, man. You know, everyone talks about his stature, but uh, no one talks enough about his stats and, and really they don't talk enough about uh, what type of leader that he is on, on and off of the field. They both are, you know, uh, Nate is a great, great human being because he really takes care of his own line. He's very hospitable in his home. Uh, he cooks for us, man, and to be honest with you, uh, it's a family dynamic that we're taking out with with us on the field each and every time. You know what I mean? Offense, defense, special teams, man. We we love one another and we want to show each other how much we care by, you know, doing our one A.
4: The thing that stands out so exceptional to me about the Gladiators and the Albuquerque community is how quickly, easy and well and how accessible you guys are by taking the helmet off. I wanna figuratively take the helmet off right now, Jerry. You love being a player. Hey, but you love being a coach, don't you?
10: I do. I I thoroughly enjoy it. I get to – that is uh, part of my profession outside of football as well. So molding young minds, understanding how important and critical coaches are in communities and in in America, you know what I mean? Because they're more than just X's and O's when it comes to football. There I mean, I think everyone's heard the saying football is life, right? And the reason that is is such a common cliche is because there's just so many avenues and aspects of football that you can just relate to everyday struggles in life that everyone lives and just being able to build relationships and being able to uh, see these guys be successful because there's nothing that'll bring a person uh, two people closer together than sharing in success together, you know, same way with struggle, right? You know what I mean? That's the balance that we live. So yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it.
4: You are currently coaching young men. When you yeah. were a young man, you were coached. How proper was that influence on you to becoming the adult that you are today? And how do you try to instill that on the youth that you're working with?
10: Uh, essential essential everyone has their coaching philosophy everyone has their coaching ways people begin coaching at different stages in their lives and just understanding how to work well with others and hold them accountable in a manner where they don't feel belittled you know just always understanding like uh my my even the youth that I coach, they give it their all. No one wants to not be good at something. So when they struggle, just understanding how to approach it correctly, uh, how to talk to uh, the young men, how to talk to my teammates. uh, It's really been a great marriage um, uh, being able to coach young men and play football with men who are uh, younger than I am. And I get to share all of that together. You know what I mean? And I... It's really been uh, an intriguing and a wonderful experience to be able to share with both sides, my uh, the youth that I coach and my teammates that I play with here in Duke City.
3: So, Jared, uh, me and Fred were joking around earlier, and we said, Jared, Jared Elmore is the only person who can do this better than us. <laughs>
10: <And> <laughs> I don't know about we, that. Hey, no. we were
3: only half joking, man. You got a future in broadcasting if you want it. You put any thought into that? Always
10: always uh and that's one thing i love about our owner she is she is truly dedicated. when you become a part of the duke city gladiator brand and the organization she looks she looks out for you outside of football she wants things to be good for you as you continue uh your football i mean your life after football you know and that's really apparent and genuine and it makes you uh It makes you want to play hard for her, but she also uh, always shares those uh, optimisms with me as well. So, yes, I do. I put a lot of thought into it, and I enjoy, uh, I guess, sharing the spoken word with with anyone uh, who will
4: listen. How fortunate we have been to have the highlight reel that is Jared Elmore on the program today. This Sunday you're taking on Arizona. In Arizona the game can be viewed, if you're not there, if you're not physically there, the game can be viewed on the IFL YouTube uh, Dave & Buster's is your watch party location for that.
10: Yep, yep, and we were really uh, appreciative of Dave & Buster's. We're, we're very appreciative of all of our sponsors. We've had a lot of good people who've looked out for our organization, and uh, I don't want to start mentioning any names. They know who they are, and I just want to extend a, a, a debt of gratitude to each and every person who's been involved, you guys too. Thank you so much.
4: Any final words before we cut you loose, Jared? Uh, Sunday
10: football, you know, we're a uh, great thing about it. We, we're still playing football while outdoors starting their season. Uh, the buzz is in the air. Uh, if you can join us in Phoenix, I think it's the four o'clock kickoff time. Uh, it's a great arena. We get to play in the Phoenix suns arena downtown, right by the diamondback stadium. And if not, like you said on the IFL, uh YouTube channel, Hey, tune in it'll be a great broadcast and it'll be a wonderful game. And I'm sure that we'll come out with the dub. I believe in us.
4: Jared Elborn, number 12. Thank you.
10: All right. Have a good, good one, fellas. Thank yeah, you, you again.
4: Thanks, Jared. a good dude.
3: The best. And I think it's 4 Arizona time, whatever you call Arizona time. Is that mountain or but I think it'll be Pacific. 3 o'clock mountain.
4: Okay. so Ari- Arizona mountain. plays by their own rules, Fred. Because they, they don't adhere. They don't, they're the only place without? Indiana. Yeah.
3: Oh, Indiana does it yeah, as well? I don't either. There's a couple places in the middle of the ocean. They don't care about it either.
4: No one cares about the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grab a break. we got 30 minutes left. Mike Trujillo is going to join you at 7 o'clock. He's going to take you all the way up to 10 p.m. tonight. If you're at the office right now, like if you're working late, or if you're doing like the warehouse shift or whatever you're doing right now, you are set on sports talk. For not just another 30 minutes, for like another three and a half hours. Mike Vital is here for another three and a half hours. This one, though, is ABQ Central. We're on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. 636. If you're a fan of the program, you know we got to go to break in like two minutes. So here we go. (laughs) So you know I'm a big pro wrestling guy? Of course you are. So AEW, which is not WWE, it's the other one,
3: right? The other one, right. The other one.
4: So they just announced their big show this weekend is in chicago okay okay all out so they were just in chicago they're kind of in chicago a lot okay chicago well first of all has like nine million people oh yeah so there's a lot of people there number two the best wrestling city in the country is it it is okay so they're at all out
3: i thought that would be like des moines iowa
4: You're thinking of Olympic wrestling.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking Uh,
4: about actual wrestling. Okay. Pro wrestling. So they announced that their pay-per-view is not going to be on traditional pay-per-view services like DirecTV. It's not going to be on, I don't know, what's a good streaming one, for like Showtime. It's not going to be on Fight. It's going to be on Bleacher Report. Okay. Okay. Smart. Is it? Smart
3: move. Reaching out to a new demographic. Shows it, foresight.
4: Right? Yeah. And it's as hot as it's ever been right now. Cool. But the thing to me that's so like spectacular about the deal is, and apparently if you have Bleacher Report Pro, you get it, whatever, or you can just buy it. Nothing. Whatever. You can take advantage of the programs at the Y, or you can become a member and get a discount. So, I'm like, all right, this is the neat thing. Cause I don't have like bleacher report on my TV. I don't have Bleacher Report on my whatever. You know, I'll have to tablet it, I'll have to stream it. I'll figure it out though, because I'm a fan. Sure. So I started looking into it and I'm like, I'm like, didn't Major League Baseball just do this? They just did this like five minutes ago, right? Yeah. They partnered with Barstool? Is that is that your understanding?
3: Yeah, they had a tentative deal in place with Barstool to But like psych. stream midweek games. With a focus on in-game sports betting. They're trying to get baseball fans and gambling fans to unite and stream these games. Barstool is for D-gens. It's not traditional. Right. Is a nice way to say what you just said.
4: Did I say it incorrect? (laughs) Yes. If you like Barstool, you probably like our show. You're not far off. Yeah. You're not far off. Because it's sports adjacent. Correct.
3: And Major League Baseball... They sponsored the Jake Paul thing, if you need any indication
4: of their vibe. I hung out with them one time at a Super Bowl. It was fine. Just fine? Well, they got kicked off Media Row, and then they went and did their own Media Row from a bar across the street. From a bar stool. From a bar stool. Okay. And I don't know much about this Dave Portnoy. He's no Rob Portnoy. Who is? Literally no one, just Rob Portnoy. Nope. But Dave Portnoy, I guess he was like, hey, I'm talking to all the sports or something, and I'm leaking all this info, and I guess it was breaking insider news. And Major League Baseball was like, we'll be the guinea pig. We'll go first. We want to hit young audiences. And the whole thing fell through, and I can't figure out why.
3: I think it's because Portnoy himself, again, not (laughs) not voice of Lobo's. Rob Rob Portnoy. Portnoy. No. Do not get these two people confused. The
4: superior of the Portnoys.
3: Wildly different in character and moral compass.
4: Barstool founder Dave Portnoy.
3: Right. Who seems like the coolest dude, but has somewhat of a checkered history, and he was doxxed. What? Yes. A history of misogyny, toxic workplace, uh, refused to apologize for rape jokes. Um, which is not cool,
4: no, right? Not, no, I'm not a fan of it's that. It's not
3: cool. It's kind of the thing where, you know, honestly, how long ago did this happen? Who, How old was he? Who was he at the time? Has he done this since, like, he's been a professional and has had handlers when he's been more reasonable? Because I'm not into this doxing thing. It's weird to me. If you do something now, sure, you should be judged for it. You do something a decade ago when you were younger and dumber. And the history hounds get you. They go back through your Twitter feed. The infancy of the internet. Like, people didn't know how to use the internet yet or behave on the internet. Mm -hmm. And you're going to dock somebody and ruin their career because they made a bad joke. Like,
4: I'll get you. No, you're not. I was 17 at one point. I thought rap lyrics were important. Yeah. They're not.
3: Nope.
4: I think they're going to end up figuring that out. That's going to end up being a thing. It has to be. It has to be. It's the future. Be, Major League Baseball needs an app exclusive. Hit hit the quote-unquote kids these days because pro wrestling has it. Because the NFL signs a 10-year deal, maybe 11, don't quote me, with Amazon. You want to watch Thursday Night Football? You have to watch it on Amazon. Right. You know what Amazon? I get it because you're paying a bill. A billion a year. And there's And there's some super truest
3: sports fans who are like, well, gambling doesn't belong in the sport. Well, Okay, how's your what? fantasy team doing? Listen up, Steve. <sighs> you talk ad nauseum about your fantasy team. That's gambling. You're putting money on the accomplishments of others, but you get to wrap it up in the name fantasy sports. You're gambling. It's just a diet version of gambling. Gambling in the future will be interactive with sports. Get used to it. It is right now. And it will become more. It'll be in your face. We'll be able to have, like, go to the bar stool stream or whatever and be able to watch the game live on our phone and make in-game bets on our phone by pressing a few buttons and a drop down from the top screen.
4: It's the future. I'm telling you, years ago, I went to a St. Louis Rams game. And you could, for whatever, 10 bucks rent the specific-to-data tablet that they had. This is before, like, Wi-Fi and data was good in stadiums. And it had on it espn fantasy football and yahoo fantasy football and cbs fantasy football so you could stay up to date with your fantasy football team as you watched the team that you paid 200 dollars for a psl seat and then 100 dollars to buy the tickets and also you're sitting in the upper mezzanine that's how addicted this is for sure and There's, it's not going away you know what i love on sundays not football i love the red zone and my fantasy team that's what i love I'm going to watch zero games from front to start. Or, excuse me, start to finish. Zero. You're going to wait till the playoffs. Yeah, because then there's not multiple games, and I have to. <laughs> You're a big red zone guy. I love the red zone. I'm a two-screener. I know you are.
3: One on the red zone, one on the game I'm most interested in.
4: What I'm most interested and in. And then Pretty
3: soon it's going to be red zone, game I'm most interested in, and then I'm gambling on my phone. Yes. Not for a lot play with what you can lose if you have a problem there's a lot of help out there
4: also you didn't lose it you gambled it make sure you got your verbiage right (laughs) the thing i'm most excited about is today's varsity and that's athletes who would have made all the money in college if nil rules existed this is abq central this is 95.9 fm this is am610 the sports animal be right back good program today everything about it was perfect specifically me
3: you don't have to cover your notes. My I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cheat off of you. I got my own thing going. You no,
4: know I'm going to do it. Uh, at TalkABQ and on the social media, I'm going to take a picture of my show notes. And then you can get a little That's kind of fun, right? Sure. How, yeah, that's how a show gets put together. Yeah. Big thank you to Taryn Gregson. She was outstanding. Follow her and everything she does with the PGA Tour. Big thank you to Coach Gonzalez for joining us. The best way he says to support him is to go out to the game tomorrow. Absolutely. Big shout out to Jared Elmore. He is so funny and good and talented.
3: Support those boys, too.
4: Thank you to friend of the show Tommy Mudd, the mailman, and Howard Elton Coleman the third.
3: Oh, you went full name there, huh? Well, you asked me to. Nice.
4: Today's varsity. Athletes who would have made all the money with their NIL in college. Okay. okay. We were talking about Deion Sanders' son earlier getting beats by Dre money. And we both thought that Deion Sanders would have raked it in at Florida State. Who else fits this? This is like people who can make money in college. All right, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Hit me with it. All right, I'm going to go with Adam Sandler and the Water Boy. Okay. So, I think if Adam Sandler could have got paid in his time at Southwest Louisiana State Tech or whatever... He would have been one of the most highly, like, coveted money grabbers of of collegiate athletes. That's at th-
1: school in Louisiana. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was you'll the,
3: figure this out soon. He Vital. was the water boy. You'll you'll figure this out soon. That's the shtick I was going to go with.
4: You keep going then, because I got enough.
3: I, no, I, I decided I was going to go with that shtick, but I knew you're going to do it, so I'm going to play it straight here. Who would have made the most money in the history? Professional, not professional college college athlete. Yeah. Timford Fitzgerald Tebow. Yeah. But yeah, he would all he would have away. gave it all away. Yeah, he would have gave it away. He's like the most decorated, most dominant college football player of all time. People would have been throwing money at him. His beautiful face. You're talking about his sparkling record. You're talking about tithe Tibet Bulwarts.
4: Talking about Tim tithing Tebow?
3: Yeah, he would tithe Tebow all of it away.
4: I think that's a good one. I'm going to go with Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. I think Rodney Dangerfield would make off like a bandit if he could have used his likeness in college. So I'm going to say that that, to me, would be on the varsity.
3: I I don't think that would be on the varsity, Fred, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? Because the diving team doesn't rake in a lot of money.
4: Well, <laughs> I recommend, true. You're definitely, especially when it comes to pool sports, you're a stay-in-your-lane guy. Yeah. What? But, but what I'm saying is I think you would transcend. Okay. Yeah. So Ronnie Dangerfield and back to school. Okay. All right.
3: And then the number 2 most dominant college football player of all time. Jim Brown.
4: Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that I is think a good one.
3: They would have been throwing money at him yeah. cuz he was so dominant. Uh-huh. He's to me besides Tim Tebow the greatest college football player of all time. O.J. Simpson, but okay. And just like in the vein of Tim Tebow, he would have gave it all away as well.
4: I agree. Not a traditional sport, but I'm going to go with Anna Kendrick and Rebel Wilson and Pitch Perfect. I feel like there was a lot of money in cross-collegiate, acapella, sing-off battles, and I think that those two girls would have been queens of the campus, Van. Okay.
3: Times were different, so we have no idea how it would have played out. Right. But this guy was so dominant. They made a movie about how much money he would have made if he had the chance. Okay. And that is one Shaquille O'Neal.
4: Ah, blue chips.
3: Blue chips. Talking blue chips.
4: Yeah, I think that's a very good answer. Very dominant.
3: It's such a good answer, and he was so dominant and so popular, and he was such a brand already, that they made a movie about a fictional situation of the situation we're talking about.
4: The best example is Nick Cannon and Drumline. So Nick Cannon and Drumline, to me, is worth at least Petey Pablo money. Like, he's near the top. So if you could have paid Nick Cannon and the University of whatever, whatever part of Georgia the money he deserved for playing the drum, I believe that would have been very good for the varsity.
3: I agree. Yeah, That's a good one. You know who really would have killed it on this list? Who's that? OJ Simpson. Such a dominant football player, was in Los Angeles, was a household name. I think he absolutely would have just murdered all of these sponsorships. He would have done so good.
4: Not a traditional athlete in the sense, but Jim Belushi in Animal House. (laughs) What's his sport? You're
3: reaching on the last couple You you came you came in hot. you're not finishing very strong.
4: I think the Nick Cannon one is very strong okay His sure just said college <laughs> Channing Tatum and jonah hill in twenty two jump Street do you think that that's a high, first off that's a high school now the second one's a
3: college <laughs> oh the the sequels in college yeah. okay. All right. That I did not know. I learned something new today.
4: Ryan Reynolds spent like 40 years in college and Van Wilder. Ah, uh, Van Wilder. So okay. because of the length of time, he would have accrued the most money. But he just partied. But yeah, I mean... Is there party sponsors? Uh, yes. Do you not remember college? Well, yeah, but no one got
3: paid to do it.
4: Well, like the Red Bull girl and stuff. Like, they would. Okay, well...
3: Well, Ryan Reynolds is very good looking. He could be a Red Bull guy.
4: Not putting Luke Wilson from old school because I hate Luke Wilson. How do you feel about Reese Witherspoon and Legally Blonde? You hate Luke Wilson? Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Michael, you did so very good today. Tonight? Today? The transition from day to night? This evening.
1: I like staying up late at night, so I'm a night owl.
4: Okay. I'm not nervous about that at all. Nope. That doesn't creep me out at all. Van, any final words before we go? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. Enjoy Mike Trujillo. See you tomorrow,
3: Burke.